I think in the back of our minds, we've been expecting this for some time now. <laughs> I thought it was don't... great that that Chuck confessed that. Oh yeah, we've been we've been after this player for three years, and I'm like, yeah, three okay. years. Okay. <laughs> okay. Imagine <laughs> focusing on anything in your life for three years. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. We've got a new hockey player on the hockey team, and I feel that we should talk about him a little bit. So I have enlisted the help of the world's foremost Rasmus Ristolainen expert, Joe Yurden, <laughs> to tell us a little bit about our newest defenseman. Joe, how's it going? Good. And I'm almost sad that that's my title now. And um, I feel I just not, bestowed I feel it like, on you. I feel like now I have to write his biography. So I don't know uh, if it's official. But I no, but I I have been covering him for eight years. That's yeah, a long time. That is a long time. You are familiar, so that's why I wanted to talk to you because Flyers fans are not that familiar. We would like to pretend that we are, but the fact of the matter is, a lot of us don't watch hockey games that don't involve the Philadelphia Flyers, and until last season's weirdness the buffalo sabers were not really a part of our lives and now we've got one of their players that was kind of a big part of the team for as you said eight years so i just wanted to talk a little bit about him um kind of go through some of the things i've been reading about him since he was traded some of the things flyers fans are saying about them and kind of get an idea about what's what's true and what's not so let's start with the one that I think, the thing that everyone seems to like about him is that he's a big boy mm-hmm. and he does a lot of hits. People are very fond of this style of hockey for, you know, when it's good, it's good. Right. Um, but we traded a player in Robert Haig who was also praised quite a lot for doing a lot of hits. But the thing with Robert Haig was he was hitting because he never had the puck. Um, And the hits were often not really the kind of hits that contributed anything to the play. Like, he was just hitting a guy. Like, he wasn't, Mm -hmm. like, hitting a guy to get the puck. Nothing ever really came from the hits. They were just big hits. People liked them. Um, When Rasmus Ristolainen is throwing a hit, is it in service of the hockey game, or is it just because there's a body there to be hit? Well... The way you describe Robert Haig, I was like, wow, this sounds kind of like Rasmus Ristolainen. (laughs) And he makes five times as much money. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he will hit. He loves to throw hits. I mean, Mm -hmm. he absolutely, he he feeds off of it. He he enjoys it to a a level that is almost joyful to watch. uh, Except when he takes himself way out of the play Mm -hmm. to make said hit. And suddenly it's a two on one behind him after he's made that hit. And the guy he's hitting has already passed the puck away to somebody to streak towards the goal. Um, There's there's been a lot of those sorts of reading things wrong near the blue line plays or seeing a guy that he sees as vulnerable who's on the play in the neutral zone. And he's like, oh, if I step up and I can crush this guy. Cool. Cool. That's I mean, that's neat. It it plays well with with some fans, but uh, the ensuing goal against not not so not much. Great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's 
yeah, I'd say you have some experience with it already with Robert Haig, and uh, you may not really like that. But he's right-handed, so it's a little different. Also taller. Yes, and so he, he flips truck tractor tires for work. Oh, is he one of those? Yeah. Oh, I, check out his Instagram. It's I, I it's honestly that. impressive what he's able to do as a workout freak. Um, I take your word for it. I mean, listen, he's he's a it, it's really amazing. Honestly, it's really amazing. He's turned into like this absolute you know machine of a dude who's just so built and so strong and just you know just a very physically impressive looking guy. Because I remember I remember his uh, I think it was after. I don't know if it was 13, 14 or 14, 15. Like we were, I think it was 14, 15 because we were talking to him before, you know, during training camp and whatever. And he was talking about, you know, he looked in better shape and everything. We're just like, Hey, you know, what was different? And he's just like, well, you know, my first year here, I was, you know, I was eating McDonald's like every day. And I was like, really dude. And he's, he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. But he's like, I loved it too much. <laughs> who among and us? So, so, I right? right. Like who am I judge? I, same, same boat, dude. I can't turn down some good nuggies, you know? So like, uh, so like he was, he confessed, he's just like, he's like, yeah, I had to change my diet and I had to, you know, get better in the gym. And now he's become like a total gym nut. I don't know what his diet consists of now, but whatever he's eating turns him into looking like some like Finnish, you know, muscle God. So like, Good for him, <laughs> because if I had that kind of resolve, I would not be a total slob myself. So, like, you know, kudos to him. But um, and also good on him for being able to break away from eating McDonald's all the time, because it's really easy to settle into that that French fry laden life. I would I would like to see him pick a better fast food, if I'm being honest. I mean, of the get- options. I mean, give me like a Wendy's. He had a lot of choices up here. You got I mean, Mighty Taco. Yeah. Buffalo. Mighty mm-hmm. Taco's very good. And, I mean, uh, as far as trash food goes. Right. And I mean, he could have become like a total wing freak, too. Like, he mm. could have been one of those guys. Or he could have mm-hmm. gotten a serious addiction to uh, beef on wax sandwiches. Like, mm. I would totally I would totally understand that. Whether it's with horseradish or not. I mean, hey, that's your call. But um, depends on how much you like your sinuses to be completely empty of anything. Um, when you eat, like, I assume you've had horseradish. Before. I don't want to get off on a tangent, Joe, <laughs> but if you get a beef on wax sandwich and you don't include at least a little bit of horseradish, you're not doing it properly. Like you don't have to kill yourself with the amount of horseradish, <laughs> but I do feel it's like an integral part of that sandwich experience. So it's, yeah, I mean, you're not getting the full experience without some of it and gotta have I, a little. I've, you know, I've done it a few times and like, I don't know if I've just did put too much of it on there didn't know what to expect. Cause I never really encountered horseradish before in my life. I wasn't really seeking it out. <laughs> and uh, when, when I had it as part of the sandwich, I was like, what is, what is emptying my head out? If I had a head cold before I ate this, it is gone for at least yes. temporarily. Um, so it, it, I don't know if I was ill prepared for that, but I didn't really care for it. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I, if if I order it, I get it on the side, and like if I'm tempted to do it, then I'll do it. But usually, they usually give you the horseradish and the juice. And the juice, I'm just dunking whatever the sandwich. Gotta like I get juice. into it. It's perfect. Anyways, uh, <laughs> speaking of sides of beef, Ristolainen. Um That was beautiful. What a transition. <laughs> Thank you for that. I never could have done it that well. Yeah. So he's a a beefy boy. A big 
slab of man that will mm-hmm. hit hockey players on the ice. You mentioned that he can't often get back in transition. Is he, what kind of skating are we looking at with him? Uh, he's not a terrible skater. Okay. Um, and I can't say that he doesn't get back into position because he will. Um, it's just that he takes himself out of position to make, make hits on occasion, which mm-hmm. as a defenseman, you're the last line of defense. Not really, not really the best of ideas to, to, to yeah. go doing that. But, um, but I mean, he, he he will carry the puck. He had the early part of his career playing for Ted Nolan in Buffalo. He wasn't defensemen weren't really tasked with carrying the puck a whole hell of a lot. Also, the team was really, 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 really bad. Uh, so chances are, if the defensemen got the puck, they were getting it in their own end, and they it was just after they had given up 15 straight shots in a minute. Um, so chances are, if you were a defenseman, you got the puck in your own end, you were slamming it off the glass to get it out of the zone and probably icing it um which in his case that's what that was a big part of his early learning of how to play defense in the nhl was slam the puck off the glass get it out of the zone possession you won't have it because you're going to be under fire constantly good luck trying to skate the puck out of your zone which after that third year after his entry level deal was up they were just like cool we got a big boy here he can do stuff he looks really promising let's give him five million a year Okay, interesting choice, but but he did it. <laughs> um, but I I think in his case, at twenty you know twenty years old, he learned, wow, this is all I got to do to make five million. Cool, I'm gonna stick with that, and you know, tack that onto him having what five different coaches in his yeah. career in eight years, five six coaches in eight years. It's hard, and being a defenseman's hard is hard anyways, and being in the NHL at nineteen is really hard. And having a different system thrown on your face every two years is incredibly difficult. So, um, I the, the thing the last few years from everybody is that is if he gets to a different team, things will change. And my worry now is that he's what twenty six, twenty seven, mm-hmm. twenty seven, twenty eight, something like that. Um, twenty six, I believe. Yeah. So, right. Too far in. Is it going to change now? I think that's a fair question to ask. Okay. So. That's actually interesting because that is kind of one of the the things that I read about him, um, that he has all the physical gifts, as we've discussed, but was rushed to the NHL, which I personally don't believe is a thing, which we don't need to get into. Um, but that rushing and the fact that the Sabres have always been bad has led him to develop just a series of bad habits that make him a poor defenseman in the NHL simply because he's never learned anything different. Um, which sounds kind of like what you were just describing. Yeah. Um, and I, not that I want to belabor the whole rush to the NHL thing. I don't think he was, um, because he, he played what 30, 32 games his first season in 13, 14, and part of that was he went to play for Finland at World Juniors, mm-hmm. helped win them gold. He scored the gold medal winning goal that year. He did. Um, on Ro- He like uh, in Robert Haig also to do yes. it, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was in Finland, too. So it was like extra rock star yeah. for him. Um, and when he came back, I think they were like, OK, buddy, you can go play in Rochester and finish out the year because this, this season is going pretty bad. Um, so I think, you know. He was, I think he was NHL ready right away. Uh, I mean, he was, you know, he was a little bit 
you know, like you said, he was fighting it with McDonald's, you know, his first <laughs> his first year. And then, you know, he came back the next season. He was in incredible shape. So, you know, it's just that that 14, 15 Sabres team was one of the worst teams of all time. So mm-hmm. at least statistically uh, speaking, they were one of the worst ever. Um, and, you know, that's not his fault. Like, no, I mean, you could put you could have Mario Lemieux or Wayne Gretzky or Bobby Clark centering that top line with that 14, 15 team. They were still going to be freaking awful. Yeah. And, you know, granted, they'd be a little bit better with those guys, but they would still lose a, a, a ton of their games and they would have been at the bottom of the league regardless. So it's not his fault. It's just that his numbers have always reflected how bad the team has been. He's been like the unofficial barometer of, mm-hmm. of how bad the Sabres were. And it's because he's had to play 20 minutes a night every season. This past season, they finally were able to like cut his minutes down. And, you know, the first half of the year looked pretty good. You know, the points were steady and, you know, people were saying like, hey, man, maybe this is a real guy. Maybe this maybe maybe he is turning the corner. And his partner was Jake McCabe and the McCabe went out by tearing his ACL and things went back to the old ways. And everybody said, oh, it's Jake McCabe. He's the key. I don't know, man. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. But. That's not the. I mean, McCabe's a really good defenseman. You know, he's very un, under underrated, unappreciated. The whole, you know, every term you want to use for that, like that's mm-hmm. that's him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, but in Ristolainen's case, it's just, I don't know. It's you. You can only do so much given the situation, and the situation in Buffalo has been bad forever, yeah. and. What else is he going to do? I mean, the numbers for himself, his individual numbers, the advanced numbers are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was like, I forget what the stat was, but he fit. There was a certain criteria that 68 defensemen fit under that he was part of. And he was number 68 in every single one of those departments. He sure was. I remember so, seeing that. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, the guy takes a beating and he's a super guy. Like, he's bluntly honest. He's he's a fun dude. Like. He if, looks if like he, a comic book villain. Uh, he does like his, now with the facial hair. Yeah, yeah, that whole situation I, he looks. I, I think I saw lots of Sabres people bringing up pictures of Frylock from Aqua Teen Hunger Force and being like, this uh, is our defenseman now. And I'm like, that's really funny. <laughs> he turned into the French fries that he loved so much. But he's like, I don't know. Like, what was it? The, the call he did with Philly the other day, he's wearing a Liverpool shirt. Mm-hmm. And I think for half the Philly fan base, that immediately makes him his favorite. But he's a big soccer guy. Like, he loves he loves sports. He loves the NBA. Mm. Like, team him up with Joel Embiid down there. And like, <laughs> have, fun, have fun with it, honestly. Like, um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who could catch on really quick and become a real big fan favorite if things go right. And yeah. I really want them to go right for him because I think he's worth it. But... I worry about Buffalo and the entire experience here poisoning his whole career. You and me both, buddy. So that's <laughs> one of the things that Chuck uh, Fletcher said at least twice um, in the wake of this trade is that the Flyers kind of felt that one of the reasons that Ristolainen was perceived to be so bad is this whole revolving door of coaches, as you spoke about, the fact that he's had you know, many different partners over the course of the eight years. But it seems like 
the constant is that he was the Sabres' number one defenseman, right? Like, even through all the coaching changes, through personnel changes, he was the guy that was getting all of the minutes, but also wasn't good. So what what do you think it is about him? Is it just the bigness and the hittiness that makes NHL coaches feel that he is a guy that can carry the bulk of the defensive minutes, despite the fact that the team's getting scored on a whole bunch while he's on the ice. Yeah. Uh, the, certainly the size is a big deal. You know, nothing makes a GM mm. sweat more than seeing a big dude who can play yeah. hockey. Like they just get, they get all kinds of reclamped, you know, they need their feigning couch. They Pants need, feelings. Know. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, makes it, makes it feel like they're wearing pants that are maybe a couple sizes too small, but you know, only, only in certain areas. Um, they do but yeah, they they boy. love it. Like they just love dudes that are that that are built like him. That can that are right hand defensemen. Like that's another that's another reason mm-hmm. to feel like they've taken a whole bottle of Viagra. You know, it's 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 all of these. All he touches on all the right things that make GMs tingle. Like it's it's all that stuff. And then when you take in that, like he's like a you know he's like a 35, 40 point guy a year, which a lot of the points are on the power play. Like cool. Yeah, that I've- I didn't know, and I found very interesting. Yeah, I mean, just he's, looking at it, he just racks up points, you know, yeah. because he can do it. Like he's got a he's got a nice shot, you know. He can hammer the puck, you know. Every time he scores, he does some kind of ridiculous celebration, which is fantastic. Oh, I do like um, that. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think even one of his celebrations even made it into like the NHL video game. So it's like, mm. cool. You're like right up there with with Connor McDavid and as Evgeny Kuznetsov. So like, that's, that's neat. It's something, I guess, but, um, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of those things. He's a raw numbers. He's a raw numbers dude that people are just like, wow. And the one raw number that, that kills it is the plus minus thing. Yeah. They, they see plus minus and they see it's negative constant. And they're just like, what, you know, what, how can he be this bad? And it's like, well, it's a lot of things, you know, it's, you know, all of his points come on the power play. So he's immediately not getting a plus for those. Right. Um, they're not calling the authorities on my, on my takes right now. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> may seem like they are, but that's, it's the fun of Buffalo. Um, but like, you know, so, I mean, he's not, it's, it's kind of like he gets a bit Ovid in that respect. Like Ovi mm-hmm. had like the horrible plus minus a couple of years, you know, for a couple of years there. And they're like, what, this guy doesn't play any defense. And I was like, right. No, he's scoring 30 goals in the power play. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, if you're eating a minus just for being on the ice for five on five, okay, fine. But, like, he's getting all your goals back at, at other at other times. And, you know, I think in Ristolainen's case, I think it's like, I'm just kind of spitballing it without even looking at it. But I want to say, like, 45% of his points came on the power play. 40 oh, okay. to 45% like that. Like, okay, cool. I don't know if that's entirely correct. I'm probably over over estimating it but it seems like that would be the case um but still a career minus 162 player you don't love to see it despite the fact that you know as we have all come to learn not the best stat when you're trying to evaluate players but also when it's that that negative you know you can take a little something from it right you can glean a lot from that (laughs) i mean this is should sound promising to Flyers fans, I think, because the the Flyers' power play over the last few seasons has been really, really bad. Um, 
mostly, in my opinion, because of the way that players are being deployed more than the players themselves. But, you know, the idea that you could have a big heavy shot on the point that can actually get through and hit the net, that might be good. Could be into that. Yeah. Does he, I mean, like, is he quarterbacking the power play or is he just out there firing cannons? Uh, he can direct things okay. a little bit there. Um, I mean, he's, he was kind of tasked with being like the number one power play guy for Buffalo mm-hmm. on occasion, like not always, but enough. Um, he was like their number two guy this year, occasionally the number one guy. Um, he was also a lot of a lot of times getting a net front presence because again he's a massive person that you can't really move. Yeah. Um, so he was able to score some goals in front by just being, you know, basically okay. that you know whenever Zdeno Chara would be in front of the net, you're just like, well, that's mean. That's, <laughs> that's unfair. What do you like that? You know, you don't need to do that. Like that's just being. You guys are just being dicks. Okay. Um, but I think in his case, it was I'm just gonna let the. Sirens go by again. That's okay. uh, I don't, know, I don't know. If, I don't know if Buffalo's burning down or something. I have a I loud cat. We're doing it's <laughs> loud cats. Loud me living around <laughs> a fire department. It's fine. Um, but it's you know, I, I think that was done a lot of times because they had Darlene to be able to to mm-hmm. steer things from the outside, and then you're like, we don't really want to put wrist line on the second unit because our second unit's terrible we got to get find some other use for him. And you know, when Eichel was hurt, then they're just like crap, what do we do? Like, we're running out of people to put on the first power play, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we can't have Reinhardt parked in front because we need him to kind of be the guy to pass the puck around. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so from that respect, I, I kind of get it, even though you don't really want your big shot defenseman playing in front of the net. But sometimes you got to do things to change it up because, again, Buffalo's power play wasn't that great either. So, hmm. um, so like, but, like, that's a, that's a thing you can do with him. Like he's not out of, you know, he's totally cool with, you know, it, like if guys want to try to push him around and, you know, throw cross checks in his back, he's like, all right, cool. I'll deal with that. I'll put, I'll do it to you right back. You're just playing into my strengths. Uh-huh. But um, you're, you're just doing things that he likes to do. It's like he just feeds off that stuff. So, um, so I, I think in that respect, like flyers love to get in those kinds of like punchy games where there's mm-hmm. a lot of people just hitting for no apparent reason. He'll love that. <laughs> like, like that's the kind of stuff he loves to do. Like in warmups, like pregame warmups, he and Zemgus Gergensen's had a thing where they would just like throw each other's in, throw each other into the boards and just be <laughs> basically a couple of baby bulls, just like throwing each other around the yard. And it was just like, okay, well that's, that's neat. Hilarious. It's kind of fun. Like that's, yeah. I don't know. That's a fun thing to see, but um, but yeah, like I said, like he, he's a fun guy. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes things go sideways. Okay. Let's stick with positives because <laughs> I mean, for the most part flyers, he's getting a new life with you guys. So like, yeah. that's, that's fun. There's been a lot of skies falling with this mm-hmm. trade. I think particularly because that 13th overall pick sitting out there, we were all kind of thinking that was going to be like the jewel that was going to get us like the best possible return this off season. Like that was going to be the thing that Chuck used to get us exactly what we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got Ryan Ellis for like basically nothing. Um, Which is good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> was very into that. And then you just see this wrist line and trade. You look very quickly 
at his reputation and you're like, shit, what have we done here? But obviously we want him to succeed. So let's talk, Mm -hmm. stick to the positives. You mentioned that when he had a solid defensive partner in Jake McCabe, he started to look a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, We're kind of assuming that he's going to end up on the second pair with Travis Sanheim, um, who you hope could also, I mean, Travis Sanheim did a lot of like carrying around Andrew McDonald when Andrew McDonald was here. So he's familiar with Mm -hmm. the concept of having to bring up the guy he's playing with. But what was it about playing with someone like McCabe, like a good defenseman? What was it about his game that changed? Like, did he, was he making better decisions? Did it just seem like he didn't have so much pressure on him because he had a competent person playing next to him? Like what was different? I think it was, it was, it was having somebody who was very defensively responsible next to him that allowed Ristolainen to kind of be able to carry the puck more because between those mm-hmm. two guys, he was definitely the guy that was more responsible for handling the puck and, and carrying it. And I, I think for all the negatives that Ralph Kruger had as a coach in Buffalo, I think one of the things that he was good for was, was getting the best out of Ristolainen's game because Kruger's game was very, his style of play was extremely defensive, um, which, you know, didn't work for, for Buffalo because they struggled defensively. And also they had offensive players that just couldn't, weren't really allowed to be offensive players. Um, But I think in the case of having a guy like McCabe, that was, it worked out perfect because you had a guy that would just like fight every inch of the ice defensively in McCabe and a guy like Ristolainen who has skill, who can skate, who can carry the puck. And he was finally given kind of that green light to do it. And I think that was, that was really, they were really able to, to, to find something there with him. Cause those, I think that's what was really intended for him when, you know, from when he was drafted, he was really meant to be that kind of player. And now he's this, you know, big hulking, strong dude. And, you know, I mean, and he's not a slow skater by any means. Like mm-hmm. he's not, you know, he's not an iceberg out there. Um, but it's just that, you know, for so many years he was, he was tasked with being the guy and um, having to be more of a defensive player and having to like do a lot of things that were not really what was intended for him. You know, I, I think like his first couple of years, he was, you know, he was partnered up with Josh George's and it was Josh George's and, and Ristolainen were the pair for a couple of years. And George's was the prototypical defensive defenseman. You know, if you tried to carry the puck in against him and he would meet you at the blue line and he would he would check you off the puck. Cool. And, you know, it's just that the Sabres, Sabres were bad. So, you know, that you'd have that kind of thing. And, you know, Ristolainen was still trying to shake off the, the rust of the, the Ted Nolan years and, and, and getting it going that way. But um, but I think with McCabe, McCabe was a guy that, was just so such a hard ass, you know, yeah. and uh, skilled enough. Like he wasn't just like a, he wasn't just like a defensive anchor guy. He was skilled enough. Like he, McCabe had, McCabe's a really valuable guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having a guy like that next to Ristolainen made it even better for, for Risto because he was just able to, he was able to be more himself. And I don't, you know, I I can't say that I've watched enough of Travis Sanheim to know if he's that sort of guy. Mm-mm. Okay, so that he's more he's more of an an offensive defenseman, carry the puck out kind of guy too. So it's mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if they. I mean, like that's kind of just like what we're expecting to happen. 
because yeah. we assume it's going to be Ryan Ellis with Provorov on the top pair, mm-hmm. which leaves you know Risto to play with Sanheim on the second pair. Um, but that's not obviously set in stone. That's just what we've decided is going to happen because it makes sense. But mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see if if the two of them together, if they play a similar style, could work, or if. Because that was kind of the thing, like we always wanted Sanheim to have a more defensive, responsibly partner, responsible partner, mm-hmm. so that he could be the guy to jump up in the play and do stuff yeah. offensively. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if it shakes out with those two playing together, if they both kind of play that style, because you do kind of need one to be right. the defenseman. You know what I mean? Like somebody's yeah. got to be doing the defense. So that's. Yeah, I, and possibly I, he could play with Justin Brothers. I mean, like, see, this is the problem with Ristolainen is that he makes so much money, mm-hmm. and he's big, so like you can't really envision a reality where an NHL head coach puts him on the third pair. Right, like, that just doesn't seem like a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, um, I, I, I think Risto is a better hybrid. Okay, I mean, you don't. I don't think you necessarily want to pigeonhole him as a carry the puck only guy or just mm-hmm. a defense only guy. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a right fit for him either, either way. Okay. I think you want him kind of balancing that out. I think you want to get like, take the best of both worlds with him and, and find a, find a happy place for him in that respect. Um, I think you're right. Justin Braun. I don't, I don't see that being the right guy to pair him with. Um, and I think, you know, giving him, it's going to be fascinating to watch him with a different team, honestly, with yeah, with how with how other teams do it. And, you know, Vino, I, I know Vino's under the gun in Philly. You know, a lot of people wanted him gone after last we season. Hate everybody. Like that's, yeah. I mean, listen, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've listened to Rangers fans bitch about him endlessly. I, you know, when he ran, you know, when it was his time to leave in Vancouver, I understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. I don't know, man. He was really good for the Rangers. <laughs> Got him We're to stay a fickle the Stanley Cup bunch. final. Like, give us like twenty good games to start the season, and we'll be, you know, right back on. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think having th- basically three head coaches to work with there, with Vino, with mm-hmm. Michelle, and with and with Mike Yo. I, I mean. You know, listen, I, I, I've heard criticisms of all three guys forever. Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. But I mean, having that kind of a, a brain trust for, for Risto to kind of work with is, it's, those are three, those are probably three better head coaches than he's ever had in Buffalo. Honestly, those are three better coaches he's had than he's had in Buffalo, period. I mean, I, you know, I, I think if Phil Housley were only a defensive, like if he was only working with defensemen, that mm-hmm. would have been great for him. But he was the head coach, so he couldn't just focus on that. Steve Smith was probably good for helping him figure some stuff out. Not great in general for Buffalo as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Dan Bilesma, fine. Like, you know, totally fine coach. Um, I totally forgot he coached the Sabres for a minute. I'm sure he wants to forget him, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he wants to forget those two years as well. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, everybody else is just kind of meh. Yeah. You know, like, he, you know, when Nolan was coaching the team, Brian Trottier was an assistant coach, which is, what, what, what? that happened? <laughs> yes, it did for two years. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, I, I think, I think the coaching staff is going to be a huge boost for him just because he's going to have, 
you know, for all the knocks on all three guys, they're all very good coaches. And I know Flyers fans go, F you, Joe. Like, that's not right. Like, think of think of where he's coming from. Think of, think of Risto as the guy that's coming from a very broken home. And he's mm. coming into probably a crazier, not as broken home in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least there's some sense of, like, some sense of togetherness in Philly. Like, it's a yeah. weird sense, but, like... I don't know. It's a little bit more balanced out than it was in Buffalo. Like Buffalo was just, you had a, you had a new dad every two years. Like <laughs> you had a new parent every two years in Buffalo. It was just like, cool. All right. Thanks mom. Neat. Yeah. Like I'm not going to listen to you. What's this dad's name dad. now? Oh, it's dad's <laughs> name He's from Europe. Oh, cool. Neat. Like you're, you're kind of letting it stretch out a little there. <laughs> and then, you know, like you had like a different grandpa every year with the GM. Like mm. it was just like, you had a new a different benefactor every year at the GM. And it was just like, all right, man, just make sure the checks keep coming. It's fine. And then you had you had the you have the wacky owners who just get their hands involved too much with stuff. And it's 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 like it's like having <laughs> it's like having the blues run a hockey team sometimes. Oh my That's god, it is really how it feels with the way things have gone here over time. And yeah. You know, it's like it, I don't know it, if you've used that before, but that's literally the best description of the Buffalo Sabres organization I've heard in a long time. I've tiptoed around with it before, not really ran it's with it. Good. It's good. It fits. The more time goes on, the more accurate it gets, which is not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you've got like George and Lucille, and it's is that Terry and Kim? Might be. It might be them. I don't know. Kim's There's, got a lot of, you know, how much could how much could a banana cost, Michael? What, ten dollars? I was yeah. going to say, no one there knows how much a banana costs. Certainly not the ownership. Certainly I mean, not. I mean, listen, they fired a bunch of people to finish off their super yacht, which is done. Oh, they thank got God! It now. Thank goodness, their their lifestyle can now carry on. I hope thank they get it over to the meds so quickly. I'm sure it's been a rough time for them. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be parked somewhere off the coast of Florida. Somewhere. Imagine having all that money and making that big boat and then parking it in Florida. Yeah. What a choice. I mean, fracking billionaire. I don't know. Yeah. It they say that out. money can't buy class. So. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, we've got some pretty good examples of that over the last few years. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not anything else about that, Kelly. Let's just move on. What about Risto? He's he's what big about as about him. So I gotta say, I actually feel better now that I've had this conversation. <laughs> um, good. I'm glad I did something good today. That's, that's yeah. Because nice. like, okay, I don't really like do stats. Like <laughs> I I will look at them. And I can understand when they're good and when they're bad. Um, but I'm not, you know, Charlie. So, like, it wasn't, it's not just that, like, I'm analyzing, you know, the deep dive numbers and being like, oh, no, this is bad. I just know that I've watched Sabres games against the Flyers. He hasn't looked that great. And I know that, you know, when a fan base is, like, kind of universally happy, that a trade happens, you know, like 
I don't think, you know, there are Flyers fans that don't like Ivan Provorov, but I, I don't think that if they traded him universally, it would be like, yes, this is good. Thank God he's gone. What a great job to get a pick and Robert Haig, two picks, and Robert Haig for this. Like, just the fact that, like, pretty much every Sabres fan is happy to see him go. This kind of tells me, okay, maybe he's not that good. But it does sound like he's got he's got some skills. Like perhaps he just isn't able to use them where he where he was. He's big. Mm-hmm. He's got goofy facial hair. Yeah. Does good sellies. Yeah. Flips tire trucks. Or truck tires. Tire I trucks. mean, he could flip the tire whole truck. trucks is not a thing. He could flip the whole truck, I guess. <laughs> I mean, He's that strong. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to try it out one summer. That, that I could don't, happen. He'd probably hurt his back if he tried to flip the whole truck full of tires. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't maybe. know. And he can, you know, get some stuff done on the power play, which the Flyers desperately need help on. And so he, fought, he fought Nazem Kadri a couple of times. So, like, oh, okay. I, don't know. I don't know if that's a plus or a minus, but. I personally really like Nazem Kadri. Same. But to be fair, he does kind of deserve to get his face punched. Like <laughs> he's that guy, so I get it. Um, you can like somebody and feel that they're also very punchable at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's a common thing. So, in your opinion, it's plausible that Rasmus Ristolainen could end up being a not terrible defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers. It's it's possible. Not out of I, the realm. I I wouldn't put money on it. Okay. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not running to, I'm not running out of state to do some sports betting because it's still not legal in New York yet. So Really? Uh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I, it, it's coming eventually, probably whenever there's another scandal for Andrew Cuomo. To <laughs> Uh, bet on sports, guys. Here, here it is. Uh, just, just uh, pay no mind to all the creepiness that I've, I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I guess if the odds were long, I'd probably throw five bucks on it just in case. Okay. You know, just to say, like, hey, maybe. Sorry, sorry, hot take gang, go away. Thank you. Just please. They don't agree. The, uh, they, they the keep cops are to coming for you. On me. It's, it's yeah. bad. Um, but like. I don't know. I, I I have like I want to see him do better. Yeah. Because because I like him the person. Like that's I mean that's I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. He's gotten so much shit in Buffalo forever, and it's not. I mean, listen, he hasn't played great, but like, is it his fault? Like, I mean, I, everything that's happened here for the last forever is it actually the players' fault? Like, yeah. I could pick out players and be like, no, they sucked. They were bad. But like most of the good guys here, it's like. Did the team lose because they were bad? No. The team no. lost because they run bad. Like, that's why. But, I don't know. Can I put that all on Risto's shoulders that he's bad? No. I think he's a product of the system he's come up in, honestly. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of where it's at. Now, if, if they can clear his head and get him into, put him in the right positions and put him in the spots where he can do better and have more success, awesome. I think that would be really cool. Because I think there, I think deep down there's a player that can, can that can be very good. I just hope that he hasn't been broken from being in Buffalo this long and just being put through the ringer of garbage. So new dad just needs to like take him out for ice cream, maybe yep. a Phillies game, 
Buy him a puppy. Let him know he's a good boy. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get somewhere. Maybe don't take him the chicken and Pete's a lot, you know. Yeah, keep him away from the french fries. You know, cheesesteaks, you know, yeah, maybe once a week. That's fine. Okay. I mean, he'll work out enough so that he'll burn it off anyway. So. I mean, seriously. These it's not guys like, should be able to eat whatever they want. <laughs> for real. They, yeah. they burn enough calories in a game that, you know, I eat in a night sitting down in sadness. <laughs> uh, wow. I just just made myself sad again. Maybe maybe I'm going to get some chicken and peas somehow. I, I can't get it up here, but now I want it. You could probably have it delivered. You can have anything delivered to you at this point. <laughs> I'll just get a bunch of French fries and, and dump Old Bay all over it. And, I mean, that's all they are. People I mean, try to tell me it's not just Old Bay. It's just please. Old Bay. It's, it's get old some bay. French fries, put some Old Bay in them, melt some American cheese in your microwave, dip the fries into it. Boom. You're in Philly. That's just like delicious. That. that when I was when I when I was last in Philly, that was like our we had to go to a Chickies and Pete's afterwards because I guess there's one nearby the arena. It was just like there a is. handful of writers were just like, yep, we're going there. I'm like, cool, let's go. <laughs> now they have Chickies and Pete's in the arena. I'm not sure that, if you've experienced that. That seems that. mean. That seems useful and mean. Just a bucket of French fries while you're sitting had, there watching sports. I went to a Phillies game and I definitely had chickies and Pete's there because we were sitting we at we went to two games and the one game we were sitting in center field and it was just like it's right there like just, mm. oh it's right there i can smell them from my seat please what are you gonna do I just get a ton of fries that's what i did <laughs> this was very helpful joe i i, I really hope, appreciate this i hope the fans will be nice to him i you know, listen i it's philly i understand so but here's like, the thing if he is in fact doing big hits and occasionally fighting for the most part, people are going to love him. It will only be nerds on the internet giving him shit. So as long as he doesn't seem to tweet very much, if he stays off of Twitter, no one will ever know that he is being shit on by people who think that his coursey numbers are terrible. So it'll be fine. Do the big hits. You'll get the cheers. And uh, yeah, maybe he'll be happy here. He seems more of an Instagram than a Twitter guy. So I think that's mm. that's probably better for him, honestly. I don't know what happens over there, but I, I'm assuming that you can't convey a lot of negativity in picture form. Uh, I mean, you can in the comments, but like, All right, you can just shut those off. You can just be like, I'm just going to have people I follow co comment on it because. Never read them. That's I don't need to have idiots yelling at me when I'm just like out with my family and they're like, you're the worst. Like, thanks. Cool. Yeah. These are my kids. Thank you. Let me eat my crab fries. All right. <laughs> trying to live. Just trying to have a birthday for my daughter. That's all. And I don't need you <laughs> telling me I'm a piece of shit. Thanks, guys. That's cool. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Joe, where can people find you on you, the internet we've been speaking about? You can find me uh, on Twitter, unfortunately, um, at Joe Yerden. You can find me very occasionally at Die by the Blade. Um, there has been a lot, I mean, there's been stuff to write about, but like, let's, let's wait till there's wait actually for that Eichel trade. Some, yeah, let's, yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to analyze the team until they <laughs> do that very important move. Um, uh, you can find me, uh, during the season on that hockey show, uh, every Thursday, uh, I do, uh, talking Buffalo podcast every Friday, casual Friday with Pat Moran. So putting my voice to work, not the so no much pants pod. Yeah. Well, yeah. Casual well, Friday. Every, 
every pod is the no pants pod. Let's be serious. <laughs> Let's be serious. Like that's that's just how it goes. But not wrong. But yeah, casual Friday. Yeah, just don't don't wear anything. Just just listen. It's fine. Like just there you go. Just vibe. live happiness. It's Friday. Vibe with Joe Yarden. It's like Daniel Craig said, ladies and gentlemen, it's the weekend. Like that's that's what the Friday pod is. Nice. It's Daniel Craig gif in or video in a pod. <laughs> <form>. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hopefully this helped you feel a little bit better about Rasmus Ristolainen because I feel a little bit better because in my mind before it was no shot. And now I'm Jim Carrey saying, so you're telling me there's a chance that he might not suck. And I will take that. Um, Joe, thanks again. Everybody, thanks for listening. Go Flyers.